Welcome to Vibe Talk Music. I'm your host, Vibe Queen. In this season, we will get to know artists and entrepreneurs living their life authentically and passionately. We'll talk about current affairs, meditation, entertainment, and any wisdom they have learned along their spiritual journey. Join me as we vibe and talk music. This episode is brought to you by Artist Collective, guiding artists and entrepreneurs through the music industry. Learn more and join today at artistcollect.com and get back to the music. All right. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Vibe Talk Music, Spirituality and Self-Awareness in the Music Industry. And I'm so excited to have this week's guest, VBDC. He is a host, he's a reggae artist and a truth speaker. Um, so welcome to the show. Can you tell everybody a little bit about your background, what got you to the industry and also what got you into the truth movement? Yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Greetings, all the fans of Vibe Queen out there. Uh, my name's Seth. They call me VBDC, which is the name of my uh, musical project, Venice Beach Dub Club. Um, I'm coming out of coming to you from Venice Beach, California, right now. Originally, I'm from Washington Heights, New York, which is very different than Venice Beach. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's kind of my background, like growing up in kind of a bad time in New York, um, then all the way out to California. I've always been a music lover my whole life. I used to play uh, rock and roll music starting when I was like 13 years old, so 30 years ago. And, you know, I've rapped. I love uh, 90s hip hop and all that, you know, living, growing up in New York. And, uh, and then eventually fell in love with reggae music um, and started writing my own reggae music just less than 10 years ago and put out my first full length album just this year uh, in 2020. And ironically, was supposed to go on tour and like record release parties and all that the week that they locked us all down, you know, so wow. total madness. And as far as truth speaking, that started when I was like in kindergarten. I remember um, I always tell this story. There was like a final homework we had to do before the end of like the kindergarten school year, which is like usually not that big of like a heavy workload. Mm -hmm. But it was just this thing where you had to color in different balloons with crayons, certain colors by the number. It was like this balloons one, you have to do it red. And I was just like, I don't want to do this. This is stupid. What are we doing? And they were like, just do it. It's the last thing you have to do. And I was like, no, I'm good. I was like, if I do this, I'm just going to be doing everything you tell me for the rest of my life. Because they had wow. laid it out for me. They're like, you do this till you're this age, then you go to another school, then another school, then to college, then you get a job. And I was like, my whole is going to be a prison. I just have to go the other way and see what happens. So they wow. wouldn't let me graduate kindergarten. I had to sit inside with the lights turned off while everyone is in the recess yard getting lollipops and playing special games. And they had a clown and everything. You know, I had to sit inside in the dark and watch. And I was like, this is what it's going to be like, man. But this is better than being a slave. Wow, that's that's <laughs> fascinating. I have never met anyone that has had such an awakening at such a young age and was okay yeah. with it. What did your parents say? Oh, they never understood. You know, they, they died normies, unfortunately. There was never any way to build a bridge to them. I mean, which made me want to improve my speaking skills and read more and figure out how other people go about this because it's very isolating to know the truth and other people don't even have the write software update to receive it you know like you're getting all the updates and you're current and they're on like an iphone like one and they can't even like get like uh, modern apps on it and stuff and they think they're caught up to date and you're just like no 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 you have to like look at what i'm doing over here but if you don't know how to reach the people it's very it'll be a very frustrating and pointless life so i started reading started uh, studying persuasion like how do you reach people started paying attention to people who are effective speakers like what kind of they doing and just learning the tricks of the game the techniques you know so 
Uh, and the number one important thing to me is to be able to communicate the truth to people and not have them have this like negative, hateful reaction to me, you know, but it's a uphill battle. <laughs> so my question to you then, because I've definitely had that uphill battle. So um, I know we don't know each other that well. Um, and shout out to my follower, Annie, who put me on to you. And I just like fell in love with your, your spirit and your energy. I think it was last week um, oh, I stumbled upon your live and I was just dancing in my living room. And you have an amazing voice, by the way. And I was like, yo, <laughs> I need to have him on the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So just shout out to you. Um, but what advice would you give to those oh, that you. may be new to the truth path? and have woken up to what's going on, especially with the lockdown, and they want to share this with their friends and families, but they don't want to be labeled as a conspiracy theorist or a crazy person. Do you have like a proven method that you found to be effective where you can, you know, red pill them slowly, where you don't just go from zero to 100 and then people discount everything you say, you know what I mean? No, unfortunately, but what I do have is a list of things that I've observed over and over again don't work. I have a list of don'ts, you know, okay. and, uh, and and then you take what's left over that's not on that list and go ahead and try that. But I can tell you what doesn't work for sure. You know, what, what I always tell people won't work is, first of all, I ask, I, I ask people who woke you up and how, and it's usually mm -hmm. a YouTube video that's highly produced. Somebody knows how to write their uh, script. Somebody knows how to deliver it. They have video editing skills. They understand the art of persuasion, filmmaking, constructing a story, stuff like that. So it's like naturally compelling and delivered to you in a format that you're used to from movies and TV. So I go, okay, that's what woke you up. How are you trying to wake your sister up? And you're just yelling at her in the car. Okay, well, that's really different. You have no persuasion skills. You haven't taken the time to have a game plan and build up a strategy and systems and practice. So I tell people that's not going to work. You know, the, what you have to do is get them in front of someone that resonates with them and that has the talent and the skill set to do what was done to you. And it might not be the same person. Like for me, it might have been an Alex Jones. For someone else, it might be someone way more moderate. You know what I mean? Like everyone's going to resonate with their own speaker and with their own delivery, you know? Such a good point. And that's why it's so important, I believe, that once you wake up, um, you know, to continue to spread that message because you may be that person that wakes someone else up because your voice resonates with another person. Yeah. And so I feel like, you know, I love that you consider yourself a truth speaker um, because that's just so true. And so for me, I feel like a, a multitude of people woke me up, but the true person that was the catalyst for me, and it's interesting because the person who told me to read the book um, was the last person I thought would be the person that would quote unquote wake me up. It was a person I worked with in real estate of all fields. Um, and it was the book, A New Earth by Eckhart uh, Tolle. I don't know if you know of him. Eckhart and Tolle. so, yeah. yeah and so when I read yeah. that book, I remember I was literally in a nail salon. This was back when I lived in Brooklyn, New York. I moved from Brooklyn to Chicago and I literally woke up. I was awake, obviously I wasn't sleeping, but I literally felt that moment of like, wait, wait, what, what? wait, I need, to, I need to go back and listen to this again. <laughs> and then I just went down the rabbit hole. Right, yeah. And then I felt like with COVID um, and just the lockdown and then watching Out of Shadows for me, and I think it did that for a lot of people, that documentary, uh, it just opened up the gateway, Pandora's box of just going down this rabbit hole, um, which has just been crazy. I think so many people woke up. Um, so what for you was uh, something that made a really big impression on your uh, journey of truth that kind of really blew up things for you wide open? 
there's a few steps along the way. I'd say the first one was that kindergarten story I told, which just like set my mindset for life. Like I do not accept the choices laid out before me and I'm willing to accept whatever negative things happen to me instead of that, as long as I'm going into the unknown and not into the known prison, you know? Uh, the second thing would have been 9-11. I worked in Times Square at that point. I had two friends that died that day in the buildings. I knew firefighters that got sick and stuff. I saw all kinds of stuff happen that wasn't reported on the news. I saw them report stuff on the news that didn't happen. Like, I was on the ground watching, and I turned on CNN, and I'm like, they're telling a totally different story. But I already kind of knew the news was fake. I just didn't realize that, you know, what I saw on 9-11, I could see everything was planned in advance. Suddenly, we had, like, 10,000 NYPD shock troops on the streets and like battle armor and M16s. And I was like, when did they get trained to do this? When did they buy all this equipment? How are they ready to hit the streets all organized like this if they didn't know the attack was coming? So that woke me up to like, right. I was like, wow, I'm living in a historical period because the 70s and the 80s were mostly boring. It was just kind of like TV and everything on TV seemed to line up with reality enough until 2001. It was like a separation between reality and TV. And um, then I guess a, a third big one would be the BLM movement, just seeing like all these lies about racial equity and about the relationships between, I mean, we're all human beings created by God. I don't believe in any other kind of division. Every other division is just a mental choice. So I'd say BLM was a big one just to see how people who I knew were good hearted could be so easily turned evil and not even realize it. And I was like, once again, like that 9-11 experience, I was like, the stakes just went up. I didn't realize now, not I'm only, only am I living in a crazy science fiction movie, I'm living in the climax of it, like the most intense part of it, you know? So it just only gets more intense, unfortunately. Right, right. <laughs> so I have a question for you, and it's interesting because I had okay. a, um, an artist on here, and ironically, he was a reggae artist as well last week, and he's a black artist. And so we had a very kind dialogue, but definitely we had different points of view, and so he definitely feels you know, different from me. And I don't like to discount anyone's experience. And, you know, I grew up in Holland. So I was born in Germany. I grew up in Holland. I came here when I was 14. Oh, wow. And so I was actually very much bullied for my race growing up in Holland. And when I came to this country, I definitely had more mm. of an immigrant mentality of like, I'm in the land of opportunity. I'm a singer. I'm going to make it here. And I didn't really experience any racism here. So it's interesting because I know what it feels like to be picked on for my race. But at the same time, I didn't really experience that here. So it's, it's, it's interesting. And I'm also biracial. My mom's white and my dad's black. So I feel like I have this really yeah. interesting perspective, if you will. So I don't like to discount anybody's experience. But at the same time, while we were going through the pandemic, I remember being on Facebook calling it, saying they're going to fuel a race war. And I got so much crap for that. And they're like, oh, my yeah. God, you know, how can you say that? That's exactly what happened to me, too, yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because I'm black, right? I mean, I look it, even though I'm half, you know, it's almost like I can kind of get away with saying certain things, which in a way I call that black privilege. Say it would, you know, call it what you will. And yeah. I feel like when people that are white call certain things out, they're, they're instantly called a racist. And so it's sure. like, it's such a like eggshell conversation because it's like, I feel like I'm saying what a lot of people are thinking sometimes, and it's frustrating because I feel like the only way we can eradicate racism and this whole race thing right now is if we just call it out for what it is, the elephant in the room. That's the only way we're going to be able to sure. elevate consciously and get past this. Because I agree with you, we're one race, we're the human race. And this whole idea yeah. of racism is a mental construct. And I feel like if we don't get past it, we're going to stay here. We're not going to get past that. And I think... 
and I would love to dive into this with the deep state and all that, I feel like that was done on purpose to cause this divide. And that's happening within our families, within our within friendships. I've lost friendships. It's just crazy. So can you share with me your perspective when you saw BLM first kind of happening? What was going through your mind? Did you fall for it at all? Or did you see it right away for what it was? No. Well, I mean, you, you have to realize like Washington Heights in the 70s was a Jewish versus black race war. That's what I grew up in. And I'm wow. uh, my father is a Jewish Hispanic. My dad was Jewish and Hispanic and my mom was Irish and Scottish. So like you, I'm like, I don't have the opportunity to just cling so easily to pick one side or the other because I won't even be welcome. So when I was growing up, I got a lot of heat for Jewish, even though I'm not Jewish, like technically my mom isn't. So I'm not even so I'm not welcomed by Jews. I'm not welcomed by whites because like the whites who care about race don't like Jews. Blacks didn't like Jews. So I was like, I felt just like the odd man out. I was like, this is not a winning game for me. I don't want to play this races game. So I'm like, let's just use human race. And then what matters is your philosophy, your ideology, your principles. Do you have any principles, the choices you make, stuff like that. So I, I'm just going to go and judge the individual. You know what I mean? And it's very important to, I mean, most people just watch TV. It's important to read because when you read stuff that was written down, that can't be changed like the internet. So you go read old books, old history books, and you find out that all around the world for all the history, they've found a way to divide people. Even in countries where everyone looks exactly the same, they'll make it in Ireland, Protestants versus Christians. Religion, they'll make it right. Russians versus Ukrainians. These people look exactly the same. The only way you can tell them apart is like their style, the way they're dressed, who looks rich, who looks poor. So once you realize that, you're like, this is a losing battle for everybody. We have to find a different way of dividing people into camps. And for me, that's people who are with God and goodness and have their eyes set on a better future for everybody, forgiveness, kindness, unity, and people who are with Satan, which is divide people into groups. One group must conquer the other group. We have to right the wrongs of history. We have to get vengeance, reparations, things like that. That's how I divide people. People who want to right now unify and have goodness and peace and prosperity and people who first want to do some evil stuff and get revenge. So that's how I separate people. I don't care what people look like. I don't buy into that. I don't care what the consequences are for that in public or on the internet. I'm never going to concede to that. Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, you know, unlike you, I was definitely more unconscious and I can admit to that. And I feel like there's power in that. And I used to be kind of ashamed of that. Um, but I feel that it's important that I admit that because if I don't, other people may not own up to that as well, if that makes sense. And so I voted for Obama. Yeah. I, I voted for Obama 99% because he was black. That's the truth. I'm just going to say it. I looked at it as it's progress. That's a black man in office. That's a step in the right yeah. direction. It sends a message that a person right. that's black can be in politics in that position. That's just what I thought. And that's not because I came from a place of hate. I really genuinely thought, oh, wow, look, somebody else who's black can yeah. be in that position. I totally bought into that narrative. And so I could admit that, and I feel like I was played for a fool, but I feel it's important that I admit that yeah. because you know what? Admitting that shows that you can't play me again. And I think that more, if more people can admit that, you know what, maybe I was played, that's okay because you learn from that. And I think if you don't admit that, that's how you stay ignorant right. because you're too in your ego to admit that you were played or wrong. And so for those that maybe are kind of in that realm of like, oh, I don't want to admit that I was played or I was wrong. Get over it. It's okay. Right. Yeah. It's, it's all right. 
Yeah. So I don't know. That's just kind You're of right. It, it's it's uh, there's there's a great quote that I love from uh, Mark Twain. Mark Twain said, "You can con a man a thousand times before you can get him to admit he was conned once." Meaning that the person would rather continue to be ripped off than to admit they were ever ripped off, and somebody could have. People will never admit to there's someone smarter than them. That takes a lot of humility. Like you know when someone's taller than you because you look up and you see the bottom of their chin. There's no kidding yourself. You know when someone's right. stronger than you. Pick up the heavy thing, and then you try and you can't. It's right. it's a it's a personal choice to recognize when somebody is smarter, uh, is has better critical thinking skills. I'm not even talking about IQ. I don't even really believe that people have like a limit of how smart they can be. But you can identify when somebody thinks more clearly, has better systems of thought, has better ac access to inter information, knows how to compare one thing against another, like critical thinking skills. So it's embarrassing when you realize you don't have them because we all live in our own heads where we're the center of our own story so it's hard to exactly. imagine that you're the dumb you're the dumb one you know but exactly. in, in a certain way we are all the dumb one and i also think it's important to realize that just because you know you've been conned before doesn't mean you can't get conned again because like the whole idea of woke to me like asleep is down here this is the goal awake and in between is like a mousetrap called woke so you come out of a sleep mm. and you're like now i'm awake but you got stuck in woke and so you still have to bust through that it's like a trap they set there for you you know Wow, that's the soundbite right there. Where are we? I need to remember that's the soundbite. I think people are getting stuck in the woke stage. You're so right. Yeah. I think once we can realize that we don't know anything and that we're very dumb and that the whole idea of being the smartest person in the room is the worst idea. I don't want to be the smartest person in the room because then there's nothing to learn. There's nothing to learn. Right. So I mean, I, I, the goal is to have is to, to no, improve your systems of thought, like, like yeah. to look at your the lens you see reality through, the systems that you're using to determine what's true and what's not, and then keep track of your predictions. Like I have people ask, you know, I speak for two hours every day on talkie time, and I have people ask me things like, is Trump going to do this next week? Are we going to have a financial reset tomorrow? And I'm like, is that your system of thinking? Like you think something that's never happened in all of history might happen tomorrow? Like what are your odds of winning that bet? And who set you up to think that way? Like you've got to be... Right. You've got to check your predictions and if all your predictions are wildly wrong like not connected to anything then your system of making predictions isn't right so you need to like examine like how it doesn't mean you're dumb or you're uninformed or anything it just means the way you're making your predictions for the future which is usually an important thing to you which is why you're doing it isn't working and if it's not working you need to ask questions listen to different influencers and figure out what you're doing wrong Exactly. Yeah. And just to kind of give you a little bit about, about my backstory of how I came to this conclusion, I would love to, to hear your backstory, too. Um, you know, my dad, he's he's black. Sure. He's a Republican, always has been a Republican. And so, you know, when he voted for Trump, I remember I lived in New York. I was embarrassed. I was like, oh, my God, my dad voted for Trump. I can't believe it. I can't tell anyone. And, you know, my dad just said my dad's a very patient person. And he was like, look, Tamisha, why do you hate Trump? Oh, well, he's just, you know, he's so rude and abrasive. Look how he tweets. And blah, blah. he's like, okay, that's fine. You may not like him, but why do you not like him? Put your emotions aside. Have you actually looked at the policies? Have you actually done your research? I'm like, well, no, but the mainstream media, okay, well, do you want to be like everyone else? Do you want to follow or do you want to think for yourself? And that really triggered me. And he said it in a very calm way. My dad's a very calm person. He's not an attack type person, you know. And, you know, I kind of didn't want to do it. But I was like, you know what, my, dad, my dad's kind of right. All right, let me actually look into it for myself. And then 
the truth is when I didn't have the distractions of work and life because of COVID, and I feel like COVID was almost like a, in a way, a blessing in disguise in that sense, because I had the extra time and I did the research. And then when I pointed that out to people like, hey, did you actually look into this? Hey, did you actually look into that? I noticed people would just shut it down so quickly. And, yes. and even though I still didn't like Trump for a long while, I was like, wait, why are people so, why are people shutting me down so harshly and just dismissing the good things he's done? There's a lot of bias here. And that's really what propelled me then to like continue to go down that rabbit hole. So it's very, very interesting. And so once I kind of came around and, and I did become a Trump supporter, it's almost like I came out the closet. People just, the attacks and the personal attacks. And it's so interesting that the moment I get into a discussion with someone and it's all based on facts, once it becomes like a losing, it turns into personal attacks. And it's like, I don't understand where that comes from. It's just so fascinating. It's like a switch goes off. And so the conclusion I've come to, and I would love your point of view on this, is that Trump has just become this major trigger for people that just amplifies where people have, I guess, not, I guess, I don't know, emotionally, maybe not grown or where they have not resolved things in their own life. And I almost feel like if we can, if we become triggered, whether it's Biden or Trump in a sense, if we become triggered by what we see, maybe we need to look inward and figure out what have we not resolved in our own life? Because I feel like we're putting so much energy into this election and we can be putting that into our own lives as well. Like maybe we can be looking, we can look at it duly, if that makes sense. Does that, I don't know if I'm, if I'm making sense. Do you, do you see what I'm going with this? <laughs> kind of going on a rant there but i yeah. do yeah i mean it's a really <laughs> no but it's a it's a there's a difficult choice and everyone has to make their own calculation because we've all been working and building on our careers and our personal life and our relationships and just uh building our persona and how are we going to remember it and all that that's where you're busy at you know uh all your whole life and then you come to a point like this where you can see where it's such a crisis of humanity where people might actually be locked in their houses forever and and not have a problem with that might they might vote for the person who wants to force them to wear a mask and lock them in their house indefinitely and they're down with that and then i mean the dividing line for me always just comes back to what is the emotion what's the vibe of it like am i hating biden supporters do i hate joe biden not at all because as soon as i don't believe in the political divide i believe in the spiritual divide between good and evil so as soon as my vibration goes low and i'm hateful and angry it doesn't matter if i'm with trump or not with Trump, that doesn't mean I go in the streets like Proud Boys and to, to get in a fight with anyone who's down to fight just to say, we're, we're tough too, you know, we'll show up and fight too. I don't believe in that at all, actually. I believe like the vibration has to be like healing, loving, and I think that's what's special about Trump. You've never seen a political candidate go up and everyone goes, look, we love you. We love you. No one did that for Obama because no one felt that Obama loved them. Everyone felt that Obama was smarter than them. So they're like, we defer to you you're smarter than us. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's not the same energy you get with Trump, which is like people actually perceive that he loves and cares about them. That's what's good about that vibration. So I have to every moment, like this morning, I was feeling pretty angry at all the cheating going on with the election and stuff like that. I don't know when people are going to watch this, but this is the day after the election. So it's very intense energy in the air right now. (laughs) And I just want, okay, perfect. So yeah, perfect. So I just want to, I want to make sure I, my vibration is good. And if Trump's vibration ever goes sour like that, you know, and, he, and he's encouraging people for hatred and stuff like that, then I constantly analyze every day. I do believe I could get fooled again. And I only became a Trump supporter fully like a couple of weeks ago. I only wore this hat for the first time last night. I voted for the first <laughs> time in my life. 
really? very conscious of not getting fooled. You know what I mean? Wow. I, I've been down the zeitgeist path of like spirituality above religion. Now I'm the other way with Christianity above spirituality. But, you know, I'm very conscious of being fooled again. So to actually write my name down in a book, I'm for mm -hmm. Trump. Now, if he goes and kills 10 million people in Yemen, I signed on to that. I didn't sign on to the drone wars of Obama. I didn't sign on to the desert storm and shield of the Bushes. Not, my name isn't attached to any of that. My name's not attached to Clinton and what he did in Kosovo and everywhere else. So this is the first time I wrote down my name. I'm with Trump. Now, if Trump kills 10 million people, I'm participating in that. So for me to make that choice was very last minute. And I'm still kind of like blew my own mind that I even went to vote. Thing, I'm still changing, you know, I'm not, I'm, right. I, I don't have all the information. I don't have the best perspective. I'm still growing and evolving. So I, I pray all the time and uh, for Providence, you know, I've seen Trump ending wars and going for peace, you know, and, and I honestly believe that if he gets the second term, we can have the Middle East peace deals. It seemed impossible just two years ago. And he can author the art of peace after he retires. You know, he has, we had the art of war from Sun Tzu and Trump wrote the art of the deal. Now we can have the art of peace, the man who brought peace to the Middle East explain how it's done and everyone can read that book and know for the rest of time so that's the reason i signed on with trump last minute and actually registered and voted and all that stuff but it's a big change for me right yeah because i've heard a lot of people say that oh you know trump is in on it as well you know presidents are selected not elected he's also deep states so i've heard that argument as well and uh you know it's it's been i was it's it's interesting because part of me is like okay let me try to take myself out of being a Trump supporter and try to be objective, am I being played? You yeah. know, maybe this is just one big dog and pony show and, you know, it's all just a big yeah. rumbled mess and none of it matters. I, I don't know. You're right. You're right. But <laughs> I have to look at the fact that actions speak louder than words. And I just feel that what Trump has been doing, it's been exposing a lot and it just doesn't make sense if he is in on it or part of it. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me, just sure. logically. So I, I right, and he, he's, he's playing, playing a totally different. Right. Yeah, and he's playing a totally different game. When you look at his rallies, it's like this big, like uh, it's like Woodstock. You know, it's like a love. It's like a big love in. There's people that look all different ways. You got moms. You got uh, little pump. You know what I mean? You got hillbillies line dancing with people that are crumping. Literally, it's like I've never seen a unity like that and just such a loving vibe. So I'm like, this this trans transcends politics, like. You know, McCain, Obama was like two guys playing the same game to see who could be more presidential and more erudite, and well-spoken and all right. that. Trump just came in and he's like, let's have fun. Let's do love. Let, let's have this totally different vibe. So to me, it's not a political thing. It's a spiritual revival. It's, it's like a reformation of the spirituality of our nation, like bringing it back. It's so interesting that the people, they, the enemy stole the word love. That was like, you know, new mm. teams for like basketball when you're in gym class and you're like, I pick Jim, he's the tallest. And then it's like, oh, I pick Todd, he's the best athlete. So like the, the enemy, they picked the word love. That was their first take. They're like, we'll take love. And that was a huge loss for us because they took ownership of the word love. And we're actually the loving ones. That's the that's the adjective we need to have because it describes us perfectly. So it was a very clever move on their part. That's <laughs> such a good point because I, I just finished a political campaign. So in Chicago, they uh, are trying to pass the fairness tax, which is not fair at all. It's basically they want to put a progressive tax and change it from the flat tax, which we're one of nine states that still has that. And so basically they're saying we want to tax the millionaires and billionaires, but it starts at a combined income of 250000 which is like a joke. So I was knocking on doors, telling people not to vote on the fairness tax. And of course, Trump comes up and whatnot. And, you know, the thing I noticed, and, and it's funny, 
I would see signs in the yard and it says, you know, love is love or we choose love or BLM. And, you know, it's so interesting because I would always kind of get this feeling of like, you guys totally hijacked the word love. And it never really clicked until you put it that way. And it's funny when you see the flags and whatnot, nine out of 10 times, if I got to talk to them, they are Trump supporters. So it's so interesting how, you know, the flag anything with like patriotism is, is connected to Trump. And like when I would see love, anything with love in their, in their yard, they were um, liberals or it was attached to BLM. So that's such a good point. They took the word yeah. love. So that's, it's a very interesting uh, observation. Yeah. Uh, something and else I wanted to that's talk about. a great about. point by. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 Something no, else ahead. I wanted to talk about. I just discovered this. I wanted to know if you if you knew about this because it blew my mind. Have you heard about um, Event Two Hundred One? Yeah, of course. Well, I haven't, yeah. so it blew my mind, and I just want to shout it from the rooftops. Like, well, yeah, they have they have to make all their plans public. Yeah, yeah. there was a guy called uh, Jack Parsons who who mm-hmm. was the founder of the Jet Propulsion Laboratory of, at NASA, but the original name of that was the Jack Parsons Laboratory. It happens to be the same initials. They changed it after he died because after he found after he uh, headed up the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, he wrote the Satanic Bible. So they had to kind of separate his name from NASA. He's the author of the Satanic Bible. That's not like four thousand years old like the real Bible or five two thousand, however many. That's not old like that. It's new. It's from like nineteen sixty or nineteen fifties. And uh, what if you read the Ten Laws of Satanism in there? They all sound super positive. It sounds way more kind and loving than God's Bible until you read read it carefully with discernment. And the sixth law of Satanism says you cannot steal from someone or do anything to them until they ask you to do it. So if I, it's like inviting oh, a vampire into your house. So the wow. reason they show us Event 201, the reason yeah. they make all these movies that tell us what they're about to do to us is they're getting our consent because those are the ruling class. The same people who make the movies that show us what they're going to do. We're going to hit New York with a tidal wave. We're going to have like some solar flare that kills it, whatever they're going to do, you know, we're going to block That's out the, the sun, you know, they put it in the movies, but you know, those are the same people, Hollywood and uh, DC are connected. So they're telling you what they plan to do. And then you sit back and you accept it. And then they believe that they can escape God's judgment that way. Cause the they karma. didn't technically do it. We did it. They think they're finding a way to dodge the karma. We have to realize these enemies went off the path of God and chose to keep going into the dark woods, trying to find something better. And now they're afraid they can never come back to God. So they they honestly believe that they have to escape death because they when they die, they're going to face eternal judgment. And they're afraid right. of that. They don't right. think they can get back to God's path and repent. So they actually are, their whole thing is they must escape death. They're trying to live forever. Gotcha. So in your opinion, um, I, have a, I have a two-part. In your opinion, okay. do you feel... Um, those that are on the dark path say for example your lady gaga your beyonce those that are allegedly i'll say allegedly uh connected to this could they repent if they had a a deep awakening and realized you know what i want to be on the light path and i want to step away from this kind of like what you see with justin bieber could they potentially get back on the right path is that a possibility one hundred percent, one hundred percent. But it would be extremely painful. Their their entire persona would be destroyed. You know, their name would be erased from the way it's written into the history of books right now. And it would be an ex- it would be the most traumatic experience of their life. Except they're exposing themselves to a daily trauma by being evil and committing to evil. And they feel right. like that slow drip is going to be less of a. You know, it's like I like recently I had to have an eye surgery, um, and I was like, maybe it'll just be easier to have one eye than to go through the extreme suffering of having. I cut up while I'm awake and all that stuff. So I really 
it was tough to make that choice. And I would equate that to someone who's totally with Satan, like Lady Gaga, like, do I really have it in me to go through what it's going to feel like to try to come back to God and wash the sin off of me? And they're, wow. I feel like they must be wrestling with that choice every day because you see them losing. Like you brought up Lady Gaga. Look at Lady Gaga a year ago. They spend millions of dollars to put a satanic pyramid behind her. Flames are shooting up. There's people with ram's horns dancing around. Now look at the now look at her at the Joe Biden thing. They got her in front of a blue curtain. It looks like they spent 15 bucks, like a high school play. They got no audience for her. She's like, make some noise if you love Kamala. And like people are honking their horns. It's like, it's not working. Their whole thing is falling apart. They must be yeah. realizing maybe I should go to God before it's too late. And I pray that they do, even the most wicked of them. Yeah. I mean, there's a... Um video when i went down the 201 event um rabbit hole there's a video that was scrubbed while well, they tried to scrub it of uh, maria brahma Vic or whatever how you ever say you say her name uh she did a promotional video with bill gates that dropped yeah. on good friday and they took it off because it was a 95 percent disapproval because she's been yeah. linked to lady gaga and all of this stuff and like people are just sure. not into it they're like she's a sat satanist like this is known you can google these images and so, and even like Bill Gates' wife was wearing like an upside down cross on an interview that she's done. So it's like, there's so much coming out now and people are seeing it that it's like, it's not really that hidden anymore. And one thing right. I want to also mention, because I've had some people really, really dismiss this part, because um, they, like, I'll, I'll have them in a conversation when I talk about, um, you know, 9-11 and like, um, even the BLM and the Marxist thing, when I showed him that video of the founder talking about it, and I, and I have them, but then when I get to the Satanism part and the pedophilia and the Clintons, the, I can see the light in their eyes. They're like, ah, okay, you're, 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 it's a little extreme. Yeah. They're worshiping the devil. Okay, I don't know about that. One thing I want to just mention, even if you are an atheist, even if you don't believe in that, and I used to pretty much be an atheist living in New York. I feel like most of New Yorkers are in essence. Yeah. One thing I want to point out is even if you don't believe in it, what I think is important to understand is that they <laughs> yeah. do. They you've do. Got it. They yeah, do. Yeah, you've got it. And so yeah, at you've the end got of the day, it. I'm you've not trying it. to convert anyone. I'm not trying to convince you that you need to accept anything. All I'm trying to show is that they do, and they do to an extreme that they're creating these blockbuster films and they're showing all of these things. And Event 201 is very real. This is not some YouTube video I dug up. You can go to event201.com or whatever it is, yeah. and it's all there. And this event was put together in October of 2019. And they show the players that are part of the UN. And guess what? They're of all nationalities. And you can literally read their bio. And this yeah. was put together by Johns Hopkins, Bill Gates, Melinda Gates. And it's crazy. I even found the patent to the coronavirus that was linked to the Pipwright University that's owned by Bill Gates. Like I went down such a rabbit hole and I'm, I'm writing a blog right now that um, is pretty detailed that sources all of these things so that hopefully people will read it and wake up. That's my, my contribution to the world, if, if, you, if you will. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all there. So I just wanted to point that out that even if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're kind of like, I don't know, really? This sounds crazy. They believe in it. So I just wanted to point that out. So, yeah, yeah it's crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You touched on the cornerstone there, which is why I was nodding along and getting all excited. It's a very complicated point that you, that you, I almost had stumbled onto, but that you worked your way to there because this is a great thing to confront people with and let them make an explanation for why are they doing the mark of the beast. Uh, mark of the beast. 
People ask me, do I really believe in revelations? Literally, do I literally believe there will be a mark of the beast where you can't buy, sell, or trade without a mark on your right hand? I say, well, forget what I believe. Do you think they believe it? Because they're doing it. Do you? They're already doing it. Do you think Bill Gates is unaware of revelations? No one ever mentioned the mark of the beast to him. Obviously, he's heard of it and he's doing it. So what does that mean to you? (laughs) That's what I like to throw back to them. If he doesn't believe in it, why is he doing it? Exactly. Exactly. And um, I I always go back to actions speak louder than words. And, And something that I also like to point out is that when how many times do things need to happen before it's no longer a coincidence? Of course. Yeah. And by the way, for most people, this is how most people wake up to God is they wake up to the devil first. They're like, wow, they really are aligned with the devil. Whether whether I believe in the devil or not, clearly they do. They've read the Bible and they're doing the devil's plan. The richest, most powerful people in the world in the open are telling you they're doing it. They're telling you when they're doing it, how they're going to do it, and they're going to do it. So it's like the de- they believe the devil's real, and obviously they've got better control of the levers of reality than we do. You know what I mean? They can make these movies. They can lock us on our houses. They can force us to do crazy things. I can't do that. So obviously there's power in acknowledging reality. So the devil's real, and then guess who else is real? The guy who created the devil who's called God. And then you get to choose who do you want to align with, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. This is crazy. So with all that you know yeah. and everything that you've experienced, everything that you've seen, if you had to make an educated guess on what the future holds, what do you think is going to happen down the pipe? Well, no, I'm totally out of my prediction depth now. I was very, uh, <laughs> I, I was able to predict Trump very early, even before Ann Coulter said that on real time that she thought Trump was going to win the nomination. I had already placed a bet on Trump winning the presidency when the odds were literally wow. like a thousand to one. And I came up big on that bet. And this year I did not place any bet. I don't know. We're going into... People talk about timelines, and I don't really think of it in that way, but mm-hmm. I don't want to get too into what I think the nature of reality or infinity is, but there's different choices existing at once, and you can feel now there's like a struggle. All of us, like our perceptions are going in different directions. No matter what happens to the world, some of us are going to, even people we know and of ours, or if you have family members, they might be living in a different perception than you are come later this year or come next year, regardless of what the facts on the grounds are or what's actually happening to us they might be experiencing a different reality than you. So something like timelines are coming together, diverging, and man, some people are just gonna go into a, a lost in the dark woods, and some of us hopefully are getting closer to the light and the truth. That's a good point. Yeah, something I um, was reading more about, because you mentioned timelines, and I, I love talking about um, time travel, and it's something I definitely put on the, oh, that could never be real uh, bucket, but now I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what could be real, what not. I don't want to dismiss anything. And so I'm sure you've heard about the books um, that mention Trump and Barron. I forget the name of the book. I think it's like two. Ingersoll Lockwood. Yeah. Ingersoll Lockwood. Yeah, is the author. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on that. Um, well, like, like I say, like, what's your lens for predicting the future? Obviously, Ingersoll Lockwood had a pretty good one. Like, those are pretty, pretty predictive books. And um, like uh, when it comes to time travel and timelines and stuff like that, like I have like an ultimate truth on that, which is the entire model of creation. If you think of it like a video game, think of it like you're okay. Think of like Grand Theft Auto, like someone went in there, like a god of their own little micro world. They created the landscape. They made the lighting engine. They said, let there be light. They populated it with NPC characters that just bumble around and do their own things. Then he gave free will to his chosen ones that can come in there and interact with it. So 
basically everything that you can do is in the program. So if you can imagine a timeline in a video, like time, if you can time travel in a video game, you didn't outsmart the programming. They programmed in the possibility for time travel. And clearly our reality is an analog for that. Like everything we can imagine, dinosaurs, space, no space, flat earth, sphere earth, God envisioned all of it. All of it is possible, obviously, because we're allowed to think about it. And we're necessarily smaller than the environment we exist in. So the environment allows for all that timelines, time travel, no time travel also, you know, and, and in a way it's up to us, which way we go, what manifests into reality, you know, God always wins at the end, but he's allowing us to, um, make our own choices and build this on timeline until he chooses to intervene, you know? So yeah, it's time travel and all that. I don't know the exact reason how Ingersoll Lockwood was able to write these books, but I do get an energy from Donald Trump that he's something different than a normal human, almost like I compare him to uh, Puck from A Midsummer's Night Dream, where mm -hmm. he's almost some kind of like demigod trickster character mm -hmm. that can just like, he's anointed in such a way that no slings and arrows can harm him. He's always able to stay jovial, even when he's under attack 90% of the time. And um, he's just got an energy to him that's otherworldly to me. And mm -hmm. I don't, uh, you know, profess to know exactly what the deal is, if he's a time traveler or why is Baron Trump going to be 10 feet tall and stuff like that? You know, yeah. I don't know exactly, but there's definitely a, yeah. there's a lot of options out there that didn't seem realistic two years ago that now seem totally plausible, you know? Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's, it's a wait and see. It's pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We covered a lot of ground. We covered a lot of ground. Something I want to touch on, one of your followers mentioned this. And uh, it's so synchronistic because I was just talking about this and then your follower mentioned it and I was like, oh my God, this is crazy that they're bringing it up. So I want to touch on it really quick. And that's the Lush theory. Do you remember talking about that? Um, sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 What are your thoughts on it? Because it was really, really new to me and they were pretty knowledgeable on it. And so right. that theory kind of scares me, to be honest, because if it's, I mean, I guess if it is real, if it's true, that's just a scary one. And then my connection to that. You guys didn't talk about this, but I want to kind of mention it because I feel like it's such a hidden topic that we don't really talk about. And this kind of connects to human trafficking as well. I know the Lush theory talks about energy and how basically, you know, um, energy is a cur currency. And so my theory with that, if the Lush theory is real, is the energy we give off when we're watching porn. And so pornography, yeah, especially sure. Pornhub, is free. And so if people are, you know, masturbating to porn at night, millions and millions and millions and millions of people are doing this. It's just we don't really talk about it. Right. It's just kind of happening. If this loose theory is real. Sure. Where yeah. is all this energy going? And then it's connected. Porn, uh, Pornhub is well, connected you know, to, to trafficking. And like, it just becomes this like dark conversation yeah. that we're sure. not talking about. So I right. wanted to talk about right. it. Sure. Yeah. No, it's it's this is amazing because you keep bringing your you've come to it through a different uh path than me but you keep coming to these really complicated uh, you're, you're you're talking about things that are kind of at the forefront of human knowledge right now this is really you're you're into a pioneering realm when you're talking about that so sure when when, when porn first hit the internet it was not free you had to pay for right. it then it became free then they told you everyone is a human trafficking victim and the numbers keep going up so you talk about it you talk about how is this Lush energy is like that's like a kundalini concept hinduism and nothing about that is satanic there's no spiritual concept or innately satanic or against god or against christianity 
all of that stuff is information. There's 33 vertebrae in the spine. Energy can move upwards or downwards. You know, you can either go into your root chakra and be totally obsessed with sexuality and the uh, be of the world 100%, or you can raise all your energy to your crown chakra and you can be totally detached from the world in an ethereal state. That is going to uh, drive people away from you. If you're trying to red pill someone, that's going to make you sound insane. So uh, a better way to talk about it for the uninitiated, and this is kind of my... Uh, exclusive take on it or whatever is point of giving away porn for free listen you have one commodity in this world when you have nothing if you're naked alone in the woods with no food and no protection you have one thing and that's called discipline you could do push-ups or you could not and if you if you survive in the woods and every day you do as many push-ups as you can you're getting stronger and if every day you try to build a different kind of shelter and improve it you're getting stronger so when you have nothing in this world and no leg up it's not reparations that are going to help you. It's discipline. That's what you t they try to hide from you. So the ability to deny your sexual urges, especially for young people, is like an extreme form of discipline. Now, the opposite wow. of that is when you give away all your self-control. So when you go to masturbate to the poor and knowing that they're human trafficking victims, knowing that they're trying to trick you into watching videos about incest and stepmoms and stuff like that, knowing that they're trying to get you to watch rape fantasies and you still engage in it, you're giving up your discipline, your self-control, and there's black magicians out there like George Soros that know where the free market for that stuff is, and they go buy it all up like currency traders. So you leave it hanging out there, 5% of your discipline every day when you masturbate to porn, and they come and buy it off of the free market because they know how that technology wow. works. So when you look at a little wrinkled troll like George Soros and you say, how is this guy so powerful? It's because everyone gave up 5% of their own discipline daily, and he took it. It's black magic. You just blew my mind. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Wow. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> That's crazy. That's so crazy. And I feel like there's so much shame yeah. around it and we don't talk about it. And again, I'm just going to be honest. Like, I'm going to humble myself and just, just be honest. Like, I feel like there's so much shame around it. And I used to watch porn and I feel like I used to be embarrassed to admit that because it's like, oh, women, right? And I used to watch it, and then I, I don't watch it anymore, and I made a very firm decision. I'm no longer going to engage in that because I feel like I'm contributing to the problem. And then I made a decision. I'm going to start talking about it because if we don't, excuse me, if we don't talk about it, then it just becomes this dirty little secret. And I feel like if we don't talk about it, we don't raise awareness around it. And I feel like you made such a valid point. We desensitize ourselves to what's going on. And especially with the connection to the, the, the human trafficking, which I feel like that's becoming more real every day. And something I want to yeah. point out as well, just to kind of shift the conversation to that, and I'm guilty of, to this as well, is when I went down the rabbit hole of like the Hillary Clinton and the tape and all of that, I'm like, well, until she gets arrested, there's nothing's happening, nothing's happening. Something I heard on a podcast was there's arrests being made almost every single week. And the mainstream media is not really focusing on that. And so I believe there were two major busts just this past week. Uh, I think like 27 children and 44 children, I think it was in Ohio, yes, were, were rescued. There's no word on Like there's yeah. not a lot of publicity around that. So there are people being arrested. There are things happening. I think it's the past five years more arrests have been made. Um, I guess you could say under the right. Trump administration. So there are there is progress being made. And that is a good thing. We're just not hearing about it as much. And so I just think it's important that we, we amplify this conversation. So, yeah.
Yeah, absolutely. And when it, when it comes to specific people getting arrested, I think that's the purpose of uh, putting that information and that expectation out there is to expand. Do you know what the Overton window is? Have you ever heard that term? No, what's that? The Overton window is the, is, is the window of acceptable discourse, like things you can say in public and not sound like you're schizophrenic or, or an a-hole. So the left has been stretching the Overton window. You know, abortion in, you know, should be, it used to be abortion be um, rare and safe and legal. Now it's abortion is good. Shout your abortion. Now it's we need to abort 50% or else we're going to ruin the plant. You know what I mean? So they keep pushing. They know they're not going to get what's on the edge, but by expanding it, the center moves their direction. So I think what the whole thing about Hillary is going to be arrested, Podesta is going to be hung, all this stuff. I think that's our agents spreading the window in the other direction, you know, widening it in the other direction. And what we're actually going to get isn't going to be the extreme of Hillary gets publicly hung for eating children. It's going to be something right. way more mild, like you're talking about. People we never heard of get arrested and we save 30 children here, 20 children there. Still, it's not going to be like though. they publicly hang Bill Gates and Hillary and we get like... No, it's still great. Yeah, but it's a, yeah. it's a war tactic. It's Sun Tzu, art of war. You have to set unrealistic expectations right. in order to hit your actual private goal. Yeah, right. what you say publicly you want to achieve has to be more than we actually... It's like, it's like bargaining with reality, you know? Like when you go to the bargaining table, you don't tell them actually what you need. You tell them something bigger in hopes that they'll compromise and you'll get what you wanted in the first place. Exactly, yeah. right. So I, don't, I don't expect to see Hillary get arrested. I expect her to die in her own bed and it just to be you know people shouldn't want the vengeance they shouldn't be expecting to sit there and eat popcorn while they're watching people get hung you know that's that's not a good right. vibe anyhow <laughs> yeah that's such a good point and sometimes i think as a truther right we can we can kind of lose track of that and i've kind of seen that sometimes when i go down you know my instagram or whatever and i sometimes see the comments i'm like wait a minute like have we lost track of what's really important here you know what I mean? And we have to kind of check ourselves sometimes, like, okay, what are right. we fighting for here? You know, so what what are what side are you really on? Are you just here because, like you said, you want to see Hillary hung? Or are you here because you really want these kids to be saved? Like, the, like, like, what are we, we have to kind right. of go back you, sometimes. Yeah, like, what, like what's if the If you can only have reason? one, which is going to satisfy you more? Yeah, what's going to satisfy you more if you have to choose? Do you want to see punishment of the wicked, or do you want to see the innocents get saved? I want to see the innocents get saved. Exactly. You know? And I remind people all the time that memes, Pepe, Kekistan, all this stuff is a powerful, powerful super weapon. And if we, we need to put it away, if we win, if we get this victory, stop memeing. We need to put away Pepe the Frog. That stuff will consume us and turn us into what we are fighting because that's that magic is too powerful. That's like the ring from Lord of the Rings. If we're able to actually get where we need to go to Mount Mordor or whatever, we need to throw it away into the fire. We can't keep that. It can't become our new personality, Pepe the Frog in Kekistan. That'll destroy us. So I hope people will realize that we're engaging in the magic ourselves, you know, hopefully dedicating it to God. But these are powerful, powerful magics we're using. That's a good point. And I, I've, even, I've even found myself uh, falling into that. And I've had to unfollow some accounts where I'm like, okay, you know, they're making fun of Biden and this and that and some of the memes and they've become a little too like cruel or negative. And I'm like, that's not, that's not who I am. And I don't want to become that because then that makes me no better than the opposition, if you will. So I want to keep, right. you know, keep your eye on what's important. Yeah. Um, and, and, and with that, I want to kind of transition right. to you, the artist, BBDC. Okay. I want to talk about you. Let's talk Great. about the music. Because I think what has happened um, All right. 
at least for me a little bit. And I kind of, and that's why I've decided to write this blog and the blog's called take the red pill. Um, I've gotten into so many Facebook conversations with people and that has sucked so much time out of my, out of my life of trying to prove my point and send this article, send this video, we'll watch this. And I'm just like, Oh my God, I'm just tired. And I'm like, I'm going to write this blog. Everything I found is in there. It's super long. If you want my point of view and how I think everything's connected, here you go. That's it. I'm done. And sometimes I feel like it's healthy. We need to take a step back and take care of ourselves and get back to what's important to us. And for me, that's music and creating art. And I love meditation. I have other hobbies that I like to focus on. So I want to talk to you about some other things that you enjoy doing and, and also just talk about, you know, your music. I know you have, you have an album out. So Let's talk about that. Reggae. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Oh, perfect. So, yeah, I mean, first of all, I made the album for you because you've been denied high-quality studio, like, state-of-the-art produced music with good conscious messages that uplift you Mm. and tell the truth and are helpful and dedicated to God, you know, and and shining a light. I, I did it for you, and I did it for your whole audience. I didn't do it for myself because I grew up listening to amazing quality music like Led Zeppelin, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Well, spoiler alert, they're all Titanic. The Doors, exactly. I didn't know that. You know what I right. mean? That's the best sounding music, the most talented writers, the most ta- And we all know that Satan can come and give you the ultimate talent. You know, you can make that deal where you're the best fiddle player on earth. You just lose your soul to Satan as a result. So I spent a lot of money out of my own pocket. You know, like, like uh, I'm pretty good with money and stuff like that on another tangent. Something else I do is like trading and stocks and uh, gambling and stuff like that. So... I had the money out of my pocket to go in 25000 on one album. I brought on 24 musicians, the best musicians in the reggae scene. I brought on seven featured artists, including some of the people that really inspired me, like Ross One from the Long Beach Dub All-Stars and Jaw Faith, the host of the Dub Club, and just some of my favorite people. I was able to bring them on. And I, it's, it's a, it was a holy calling. I was like, it's not fair that like the good people, no one makes any music for them. So I, I hope more people do it. But that was my mission with this. Every song on there has a message that's supposed to be uplifting, informing, and also just let to let you know you're not alone. Like there's people out there who didn't sell their soul to make good music, you know? Like I didn't make any satanic deal. I worked really hard to be able to accomplish it and it's it's something different. So I hope I hope that truthers find out about it and listen to it. And at the heart of reggae music is Rastafari. That was a real man with real ideas. That was Duke Tafari, Haile Selassie, the off, uh, from the bloodline of Jesus Christ and Queen Sheba, one of the most uh, lauded, educated, smartest, uh, well-written, well-spoken men of all time. And he's the one that wrote the lyrics to War by Bob Marley. Bob Marley borrowed from a speech from Haile Selassie. He said, until the color of a man's skin is of no more significance than the color of his eyes, there will be war. And then BLM comes out and says, and artists, probably the other reggae artists you mentioned in the beginning you spoke, you probably said the color of our skin does matter. The history of our races does matter. That's not Rastafari. That has nothing to do with reggae. Rastafari said the color of your skin is irrelevant. We're all children of God. So I'm representing what reggae truly stands for. And it's been lost. It has been lost and corrupted. Wow. Amazing. I literally just like got tears in my eyes. Like that's literally (laughs) what I want. No, I'm so serious. I don't think you understand. Like that's literally what I want music, the music industry to become. And I know that sounds kind of naive maybe. But I literally had that thought the other day, like, I would love to be a part of a movement where no matter what genre of music you're making, it could be country, reggae, pop, whatever it is, but it has a conscious message. It has an uplifting message. It has positivity. There's no reason why we can't have that option. It's happening. 
Yeah. It's beautiful. It's happy. Because... Do, do you think? Do you think little? Do you think that little pumps next song is going to be all about drinking lean and getting hosed and stuff like that? Do you think so? I don't think so. I think it's going to be like God not. is good, patriotism. Let's unite and come together. It's changing. Right. Things are changing okay. right in front of us, and it's not going to be industry approved. We're going side of the industry is working harder. The industry is a is a unfair leg up. Somebody just selects you, gives you all the money to record a perfect sounding album, sends you on tour with dancers and stuff. It's not going to be right. an industry like that for good. Good was never supposed to be that way. We have to work and put on our own elbow grease and our own blood, sweat, and tears to get those results. I think it's amazing. It's it's awesome. <laughs> and it's and it's so true. And I had this thought like when I was going through, I guess you could say my grieving period i think after i watched out of shadows and fall like a ball and all of that i went through a little period of time where i was just really like kind of feeling depressed because i used to like want to win a grammy and i wanted to work with certain artists and i was like oh my god sure. they're worshiping the devil i can't even listen to their music anymore like I, I unfollowed a whole bunch of people and then i got locked out of my instagram because they thought i was using a bot and just all of these things were happening and i literally felt so depressed and i was like okay i don't even want to be a singer anymore i don't even want to be in the music industry anymore and then i just had this epiphany of like okay well if they're all corrupt then we just need to have a new music industry why not and those people that are waking up and those artists that are waking up they're going to need something to listen to that is not connected to that. So why can I not be a part of that? Why can't you be a part of that? And so, you know, when I um, was going down that rabbit hole, that's just what I decided I was going to do. And it doesn't matter if it's the biggest or the, the greatest. That's, that's not important. You just continue to do what you love and those people will, you know, will stumble upon it and will listen to that. And just like how we, you and I met. And so I'm a big believer yeah. of that. And so something that I feel is important uh, as an artist, and I'm sure you'll agree, is that, you know, happiness is, is doing what you love every single day within that journey. It's not the destination. And it sounds like you've already figured that out. So I think that's amazing. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I mean, when, once you dedicate it to God, there's just no choice but to keep doing it. You know, like once you dedicate something to God and promise, uh, you know, I'm committed to this, I'm not going to give up. There's just... I, I encourage people to take oaths. If you truly have a moment, an epiphany, where you feel what's good and you feel what you should be doing, let's take porn for an example. I encourage people to swear an oath before God right now. God, I swear to God, I may masturbate, I may not be perfect, but I swear to God, I'm never watching porn with child, traffic, child trafficking victims again. And swear that oath. And if you break it, you're an oath breaker before God. So if you're really serious about these changes, go ahead and swear an oath. And it feels like when you're about to break an oath, you probably won't do it. It's probably going to help, exactly. you know, so exactly. it's a risk, but people need to get people need to get fired up like more fired up about this. You know, we need to be our enthusiasm has to be more, you know, more impressive than the people who are committed to evil. So we're going to win. You know, we're going to take back the music, not industry, but system of just putting out good music. And it's happening even with rap and everything now, all different genres. It's, it's happening. And, and um, we're going to take back the network news format, which is a good way to get information. There's an anchor. He tells you the updates. He brings on a health expert. You go to a reporter on the. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the best way to do it. I'm taking it back with talkie time. You're taking back an interview show with this. So like they've just like they took the word love and made it their own. We're taking right. that back. We're taking back the news. We're taking back the music industry. Everything. We're gonna we're gonna take these systems that are good and people like them and are comfortable with them and we're gonna dedicate it to God and make it good again, or for the it. first time. That's awesome. So I know we're, we're embarking <laughs> yeah. on an hour, so I know we're going to wrap up. Um, what words of wisdom okay. would you give to those listening, um, perhaps as artists, as creatives, um, that are kind of going through 
what we've gone through. I know you've been awake, for lack of better words, yeah. pretty much most sure. of your life. But maybe there's somebody listening that has just kind of decided or is on the verge of deciding, okay, you know what? I'm going to take this this path and be more on the path of light. But what words of encouragement yeah. would you give or wisdom? Well, first of all, I want to thank you for the opportunity uh, for the interview. I really enjoyed speaking with you. And um, I think the the most encouraging part for me is, like you said, like you're, you're mo you way more recently than myself, like woke up or red pill or whatever, but you're still looking at these amazingly complex ideas that took me 20, 30 years to get to. So I feel like there's a quickening and everyone, maybe everyone can access these and not have to go through the decades I went through of isolation. So that's right. very encouraging to hear you come upon these amazing concepts and touch on that. And my advice to everybody would be, um, don't worry about your goals. Like you said, music and, or artists, don't worry about a goal. Don't set a goal to get an award. Don't set a goal to be on a red carpet. Don't worry about hanging out with famous people. Do a system instead. Every day, do your art, dedicate it to God, stay the path, swear an oath that you won't take any deal from the devil or do anything to set you back. Remember, you're doing this for God and goodness, so don't set yourself back. Work hard every day and don't worry about the result. God is going to take care of the result if you set your sights on him and stay good. That's it. <laughs> I love that. Worry, uh, focus on the system. That's beautiful. Awesome. Well, thank you yeah. so much. It was amazing getting to know you. I feel like I could just cry. I'm so filled with excitement and enthusiasm and love. You have such a great energy. So amazing. Tell everybody how they can best support you, um, where they can follow you, where they can listen to you, where yeah. they can buy your merch. Sure. The hub is my Instagram Venice Beach Dub Club, all one word. And uh, in there, there's a link tree where you can find the VBDC album, the reggae album we were just speaking about. You can find uh, Talkie Time. I go live 6 to 8 o'clock uh, California time, six days a week, every day but Sunday. We do interviews. We talk to everyone in the chat. We have a lot of fun. I play music. That's on Instagram Live, 6 to 8 o'clock Cali time, every single day, Talkie Time. That's about it. You know, everything you need is in my IG profile. So I hope to see everyone there, you know. Thank you again. And much love to your whole audience. And I got to get you on a record sometime. Next time I need female vocals, we got to mix it up. Yes, 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 yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> For sure. I'm totally down. We're definitely going to do a record. Sounds good. All right, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening. To stay in touch, please subscribe to my newsletter over at vibequeenmusic.com to stay up to date with my music and guided meditation, this podcast, and to get your free manifestation guide. Till next time, and remember, self-awareness is the gateway to inner peace.